Amen. Uh, as you guys, uh, they, as they pass those little booklets around to you, I just want to explain those for a second. So uh, that's how we track our attendance here on Sunday morning. So if you'll just write your name um, in there, if, you're, uh, if nothing about your uh, address, phone number, anything like that has changed, you can just sign your name and pass it on. But if you have had an address change or anything like that, we want to make sure that when we send out letters and stuff here from the church about things that are up and coming, that we have your correct information. So you can take an opportunity to do that as it passes by you. Uh, today. Um, before we get started, <clears throat> I really believe that um, encouragement from Pastor Brooke was very timely for today. And so if you are feeling that transition, that action, that movement um, in your life, I just want to encourage you, if you don't know what your next step is, we have a class called Next Steps, right? Very aptly named, right? If you don't know what your next step, we have a class and it, it truly is all about the core values and beliefs that we have as a church. Also, how God has gifted you uniquely and then what it looks like to continue a journey with him in the daily disciplines of being a Christian. So helpful. Whether you've been a believer for a long time or not, if you're feeling that transition, we have a process for that. So we want you to get involved in that process. Submit yourself to that process. You will be better on the other side of it. I promise you. If you submit and take the time and the opportunity to do that. Because we all have giftings. We all have callings. But I believe that God put you in a body like this to submit that gift to the kingdom of God. Because how many of you guys know we're better together? Amen. Say we're better together. we're better together. And when we submit that, not only does it bless the kingdom of God because it's all these gifts coming together to operate as one body, but also it blesses your life as well. It strengthens that gift. But there's, there's sometimes that, that people are even called out of ministries to do work later on, but it really begins with submitting that gift to the local body. So get involved with Next Steps. All right, if you haven't done it, we do them every other month. They're led by me. We have a ton of fun, a ton of laughs, but they're on purpose. And this is really um, the first time in a while that we feel like we've had something for this very occasion, for a word like that, where we can put people through that we're confident that on the other side, you'll come out with vision, excitement, and a place to use the gift and the plan that God has for your life. Amen? Amen. Awesome. So please get involved with that. We'd love to have you. It's a great, great time. Um, I am not Pastor Pat, as you've already found out. Pastor's out in uh, Rama at Winter Bible Seminar, um, out there with a bunch of, of pastors um, attending those services, celebrating, uh, hopefully getting refilled and rejuvenated for this next season that God's bringing us into this year. So I just want to take a second and just pray over him and over the message before we get started this morning. Amen. God, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. We thank you for our pastor, Lord. We lift him up right now. We just pray for strength and encouragement for him, Father, as he is out there at Ramah. We just pray that you are setting up divine appointments from him, for him, Father God. As he's out there, the people that he runs into, the words that he hears, the, the services that he's a part of, we just pray that it would speak life to him, to the vision that you've put on the inside of him, and that he would come back refreshed and ready to go in this year of movement and action that you're moving us into. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. First, I just got to say, how about them cats? Anybody watch the game? Woo! They beat the number one team in the nation and did it in style. I, was, I couldn't even go to bed last night. I was so excited about that game. Figured I just needed to start with that, clear the air a little bit. Um, as we're looking at this uh, message here that Pastor's been in, it's called Movement. 
And it's, it's great that, 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 you know, Pastor Brooke had that word and encouragement from God this morning because that's really what this series has been about, movement in your life. If this is a year of movement and action, how do we live a life of movement? How do we release God's blessing and favor in our life to begin to let go of things we've been holding on to or let go of areas that we've been trying to control or areas that we would like to grow in and allow God to grow us and move us in this year. And so um, we've really been, been talking, he hit the last couple weeks on what it looks like God's love to, you know, for us and to us no matter what. And so we're going to kind of hone in on a little bit of that today. Pastor wanted me to share a couple of scriptures with you guys that we'll use kind of as the framework and we'll look at one story in scripture um, of a guy who experienced what it's like to have God's favor released in your life and movement flooded your life in areas. And so I think you'll kind of resonate a little bit with this story. You'll see yourself in this story a little bit because it's a guy who had incredible moments with God and then did some really stupid stuff to mess it up and then got grace back from God again. So it's the story of all of us. And so I believe that you'll really be able to see yourself in this story as well. Uh, the first scripture is John 14, 21. It says, the person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and reveal myself to him, and then in the brackets there, I will make myself real to him. So how do we have a life of movement? How do we have a life where we are taking ground and gaining victory in areas of our life? Simply put, we continue to move forward by doing this, listening to what God is asking of us, both through his word and through a relationship with him. Amen? Because we know that in his word, his very uh, uh, clear things that he is asking of us to do, but also there are things that are not written in God's word for me to do. The job I'm supposed to take, the person I'm supposed to be. How do we get God's perspective on those areas of our life? It only happens through a relationship with him. So how do we keep moving forward? It's knowing what God is asking of us, both through his word and what he's speaking through our relationship with him. And then here's the real simple part, and doing it. It's doing it, right? That is the difference maker. It's knowing what God's asking, but then putting that into action. And I've said it like this. Our step of obedience allows God to reveal himself more to us and to take us to the next level. He reveals himself. That's what it says. Those who are obedient to what I'm asking them to do, I will show them more of myself through that obedience. And so we've heard over and over and over again, without blank, it's impossible to please God. Everybody can film that. Without faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I think obedience is a byproduct of faith. Because if you don't trust someone, you won't do what they ask. Right? As a kid, uh, obedience wasn't necessarily a byproduct of faith. It might have been a byproduct of a paddle or discipline in some level. But as you get older and you gain wisdom, there are things that my parents have encountered and gone through that I will heed their word on because they've been through it. My obedience to them is because I have faith and trust in them. It's the same thing with God. As we have trust in him, we obey. We have trust in him, we obey. So, so obedience is a byproduct of faith. I believe they're interchangeable in these scriptures that we read. And so we know without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yesterday, uh, Jerush and I got the opportunity to go down to Prestonburg, Kentucky. Anybody ever been down that way? Jenny Wiley State Resort Park. Beautiful area. 
And uh, I've been wanting to do this for a while, and it just kind of worked with our schedules. We went down for an elk tour down there. Um, I, I, I hunt, and I've been putting in for an elk tag for, this will be the ninth year, and I've not been drawn. So I figured, I'm going to see them somehow, right? So if somebody's got to load me in a bus and drive me around the coal mines, that's what I'm going to do. And so we went down, and it was a four-hour tour with the biologist that just shared when they were introduced. The elk herd, you know, it started at 1,500, is now 13,000 animals, uh, which is like the carrying capacity of Kentucky. Can't get any bigger than that. And so really successful. But one of the things that was interesting, and it's funny when God speaks to you in the most random situations, but we were there, and the biologist was talking about where the elk would be that day. And he said, he pulled out his phone and he said, this will determine where we go. He looked at the barometric pressure, and if you know anything about hunting and animals, that has a lot to do with their movement. So he looked at the pressure that day and he said, that pressure is under 30. And when it's under 30, I know they're going to be in uh, bedded down in these areas, and that's where I'm going to take you. If it was over 30, they were going to be on their feet, moving around. And he knew exactly where to take us because of the barometric pressure and knowing what got those elk up and moving. And God kind of spoke to my heart. He said, barometric pressure is faith to me. When our faith is put out there, it moves God. It releases him to put movement into our life. Our faith is what moves him. And so when our faith and obedience is out there, then God will begin to unleash favor and blessing on our life. It moves God. Everybody say, faith moves God. Obedience and faith, they're synonymous here because you can't have one without the other. So our obedience and faith in God is what releases his blessing in our life. And I encourage the Elk Tour. It's a ton of fun. This right here, the engine of our growth is obedience. And I put it very simply like this. We move at the speed of our obedience. Our life moves at the speed of us submitting to God's perspective in our lives. The things that we hold on to, if you're like me, there's some things you just want to wrestle through on your own. You're like, I don't know, I was always short, so I got that like short man complex where it's like I just got to tough through this thing on my own. Like I'll figure it out. And the more that we hold on to those areas of our life and we don't release those in obedience to God, he can't work in that area of our life. We have to release it. We only move, our life only progresses at the speed of our obedience. Are we listening to God's word? Are we listening to his commands? And then are we putting it into practice? I had somebody encouraged me uh, with this uh, several years ago and I can't remember so I'm just going to take credit for it. But they said this, they said, uh, uh, if you're stuck in an area of your life, go back to the last thing that God spoke to you in that area of your life and then ask yourself the question, did you do what he said? Did you do what he said? Go back to that area. What was the last thing that God spoke to you or the last thing that you read in scripture pertaining to that area and then did you apply it? Because if you didn't, that may be what has damned up the, the, the favor and the blessing and the movement of God in that area of your life. So I encourage you to do that. If there's an area that's stuck, seek God. He's gracious. He gives a second and third and 200th times chances, right, to get it right because he wants to see our lives blessed. He wants to see our lives progress. He wants us to find, like what he was encouraging us through worship this morning, our purpose in this earth to do his will. And he's gracious to show us over and over and over again, no matter how many times we fall. So I encourage you, go back to those areas of your life. Begin to ask those questions. 1 John 3.22 says this, 
And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. This is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. The the one who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. We know this, that he abides by the spirit that he has given us. And out of that scripture, I wrote this. Our obedience shows faith in him and releases God to move on our behalf. I love the beginning of that scripture. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what's pleasing in his sight. How simple did he lay the groundwork of, you want, you, you wanna, you want restoration in that area of life? You want blessing and favor in your life? Keep God's commands and do what's pleasing to him. That's what it takes. That unleashes God's favor in your life. And so we're going to look at King Solomon here because I totally see myself in King Solomon's story. We have um, a, a very young king, right, getting ready to take over for David. And in 1 Kings 3, he says this, Now Solomon loved the Lord and walked in the statutes of his father, except he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and what did God say? Ask what you wish me to give to you. So you have King Solomon. He's obedient to make sacrifices to God, just like his father, and God comes to him in a dream and says, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? Ask anything and I'll give it to you. Now, I don't know about you, but I used to fantasize as a kid if a genie came to me and was like, Cody, you got three wishes, man. And my first one was always going to be more wishes. Anybody else? You got that trick, right? Until I watched Aladdin and realized that's one of the rules, apparently, of a lamp is that you can't ask for more, right? So you have to go back to the drawing board and figure out what you need. But this is a real-life example of God coming down and saying, what do you want? Just ask me. And so for me, my brain's like, money, cars, I kind of always wanted that, right? Like, can you can imagine what's going through Solomon's head as king? Like, I could ask for anything. And because of my obedience, God is going to give it to me. But listen here. You, he could have knocked off his want list really quickly. But listen what Solomon asked for in verse 6. Solomon said, you have shown great loving kindness to your servant David, my father, according as he walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart. So you would bless my dad. And you have reserved him for great loving kindness that you gave him and given him a son to sit on the throne. So you loved him so much that you gave him somebody to take the throne after him. Now, O my Lord, you have made your servant king in the place of my father. So you've made me king, yet I am still a child. I do not know how to go or how to come in. Your servants in the midst of your people, which you have chosen, a great people who are too many to be numbered or counted. He's talking about Israel. They're too many to be numbered and counted, and you put me in charge of them. What's he ask? So give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people and to discern good from evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? So Solomon is presented with this ask anything of me from God, and he asks for wisdom to do God's will. That was what he, he could have asked for anything. And he says, God, make me a good king and a good judge for the people that you have called me to. And so you have a place too. Your family, your work, the people that God has called you to a place, this church that God has called you to be in. And we can ask God those same things. 
Give me wisdom in how to lead my family. Give me grace in how to uh, be forgiving to my coworkers that sometimes I just want to spill my hot coffee on, right? Realistic, real-life things. He cares. And so this is what Solomon is saying. Out of all the things I can ask for, God, I just want your wisdom on how to be effective where you have placed me in this life. And I love verse 10. It was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said to him, because you've asked of this, and you've not asked for yourself long life, you've not asked for yourself riches, you've not asked for the lives of your enemies to be taken, but you have asked for yourself discernment to understand justice, I have done this for you. I have given you a wise and discerning heart so that uh, there has been no one like you before you, nor shall anyone be like you after you. But I have also given you what you've not asked for, riches and honor, so that there will not be any among you a king like you all your days. If you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and commandments as your father walked, I'll prolong your days. Because of Solomon's obedience, God even gave him what he didn't ask for. And I believe wanting the, the, the prolonged life and the riches, I believe that was stuff in Solomon's heart, but he didn't even have to say it because his obedience to God in asking for God's wisdom in his life released favor and blessing. And it, God's word says, there'll be nobody like you before you and none after you're gone because you had the right heart. God will bless you with what you need if your eyes are focused on him. If your eyes are focused on who he is, what he wants from you, spending time with him, loving, just having a relationship with him, and seeking and focusing on obedience and doing what God has asked you to do will release favor in your life. We see it here. When we focus on God's will, he will in return bless our life. God moves on our behalf when, of those that are focused on his will. And so here we have Solomon. He got the wisdom that he asked for when his heart was, was, was humble before God, and he also got riches in a prolonged life. And so you're like, great, end of story, right? He got it, we're good, like let's pack it up and go home. But if we skip forward to chapter 11, we'll see that Solomon makes a mistake that many of us have made in life. Maybe not in the same way, but he got distracted off of God's will for his life. And so 1 Kings chapter 11 says this, Now King Solomon loved many foreign women along with the daughters of Pharaoh, Moabite, I'm going to butcher some of these names, just stay with me, uh, Ammonite, Edomite, uh, Sidonian, and Hittite women, got through them, from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the sons of Israel, right? So he's got all these women from these areas that God specifically said, you shall not associate with them, nor shall they associate for you, for they will surely turn your heart away after their gods. And Solomon held fast to these in love. He was love struck. Hearts in his eyes that I can't let go of them. He said he had 700 wives, princesses, 300 concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. First of all, involved with way too many women, right? Amen? That's part of his problem. For when Solomon was old, his wife turned his heart away from other gods, and his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of his David his father had been. And further down in that scripture, Solomon lost his kingship because of that. He got distracted. He didn't follow God's obedience. And so he had this flow of movement in his life from his obedience to God. And the moment that he turned his heart from being obedient to what God has asked him to do, 
the favor and blessing dammed up. And so we see that he left his, kept his, or left his eyes off the prize of obedience to God and his heart got distracted because the blessings of God stopped flowing in his life. And he didn't stay attached to the vine as his source of life. Right? Scripture says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. We have to draw our life, our nutrients, our purpose from who God is. And Solomon's eyes got off of that. And it's interesting because he had all of this stuff, but he had forgotten who had blessed him in the first place. He had forgotten what got him to the point that he was at, and that was obedience to God. The favor and blessing followed obedience, and it will always follow obedience, and he got his eyes off of the prize. And so every one of us can either unleash God's favor in our life through blessing, and through his grace, and through getting up every single day and saying, God, show me how to live for you, I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to marry. Every one of us have the same opportunity to have God's blessing in our life if we keep our eyes focused on what pleases Him. And so, three things for this year to make this a year of movement in your life. Number one, real simple know God's commands, right? We know that we get those through His Word, we know that we get those through prayer and a relationship with Him, and we may get that through godly friendships and through mentorships in our life. Because there are people that have been doing this for a long time. There are people who have been walking with God daily for a long time. And those type of people, we should allow them to speak into our life. Right? If we always have friends that are yes people, and, you know, hey, yeah, that's what everybody else is doing, or that's what everybody else is saying, but we need the people in our life that say, hold up, hold up. What's God's perspective on that area of your life? That situation that you're going to, what does God say about it? We have to have those people. So we get God's commandments through his word, through a relationship with him, and through godly relationships. That's how we learn what God's commands are. The second thing is this. Remember what brought you blessings. When you have blessing in your life, remember that it came from your obedience to God and that it was his hand who brought that into your life. And then here, this one, like we don't do this nearly enough. But after God has blessed you, tell somebody about it. Tell somebody about it. Share God's goodness. Share what he's done in your life. Because we encourage one another when we hear stories of how God is working in your life. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I see videos online or, or a testimony here at church, it encourages my faith to know that God is doing the same in other people as well. So know where the goodness came from. It came from the hand of God because our faith and obedience moved him on our behalf. I love Psalm 145, 4 says, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Share God's goodness. Older, younger, declare what God has done in your time and in your life. And the third thing is this. Pay the price to stay in his will. This is just the disciplines of Christian faith. Anything worth doing, there's a price to pay. Anything worth doing, there are days that feel like it's a grind. Keep going. Stay disciplined in word and prayer and worship and praying in the Holy Spirit. Stay disciplined in those things. Because I feel like, especially now with things being so cause-driven and, and very focused on, you know, what's God's will for your life and what has he put you here to do, it's really to be easy to be overwhelmed with that question. Like, what has God called me to do? That's a big question. That's a big question. But what I know 
is if you take it day by day, and I've seen this in my life, day by day submitting to God, day by day reading his word, day by day spending time with him, day by day asking him about simple decisions that you need to make, you'll look back and you'll see a trail of God's goodness for your life and it'll make up a picture of what his will is for your life and you weren't even aware of it the whole time. It's like you'll look back and God was putting the puzzle pieces together because you were submitting to him step by step. I encourage you, take it day by day. What's the will for your life is a big question, but I know today I'm going to get up. Today I'm going to pray. Today I'm going to get God's perspective on my life. And over time, you'll see his goodness. Like little breadcrumbs behind you, you'll see the way that God was working in your life and you'll wake up one day and think, man, look how far he's brought me. Look where he's brought me to. I've seen it in my life. If you would have asked me out of high school what God's will for my life is, I would not have known. I might have made up an answer. I've been in church long enough to know you've got to make one up when somebody asks you the question, right? But I did not know. But there's something about the submitting day in and day out and knowing that you're right where you're supposed to be that you're just like, thank you, God, for what you've done in my life. So I encourage you, stay disciplined. Pay the price to stay in God's will. Be disciplined in those things. Pray for his grace. Pray for him to show you how to live, show you how to act around your coworkers, show you how to lead your family. And he'll do it because he rewards those who diligently seek him. And our obedience and faith will move him on behalf in our life. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that sometimes we overcomplicate things when they're very, very, very simple. And your word really just lays it out. It's, I will give you whatever you ask if you know my commands and do them and do what pleases me. So God, our hearts as a body of believers, we're just asking for your grace and your Holy Spirit to lead us in living a life focused and on point for you, Father. That's what we want. As we introduce this year of movement into our church and into our lives, we know that we're going to begin to progress. God, you're already shaking things up. In the services that we've had, just a few this year, you've spoken mighty things out for this body of believers, Father. So we submit to your will, and we, encur- we just encourage one another, Lord, to just pay the price for growth in our lives, to submit to you, to lean into your love and to your grace and know that you don't want to leave us the same in 2020 as we were in 2019, but you want to see us grow so that we in return can bless other people and share your goodness with the people in this community and in this state and in this country, Father God, that our reach would be far because we're people that are submitted to you, that we would be chapter 3 Solomon's and not chapter 11 Solomon's. Let us not get distracted, but let us lean into your will for our life in Jesus' name, amen.